We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the fantasy football report on location at least for me in my in-laws basement so this will be a fun one um how's it going Hassan how was your Christmas it was good it was good you know can't really complain the games were fun um it's the other thing but fun uh how about you how about yourself how was how was Christmas how was uh how was everything for you yeah Christmas was good the games are fun but also well like you said tilting it looks like in the best ball tournament team Sean and Colm and I have, we're going to get, you know, huge scores from Joe Burrow and Devonte Adams and still might come up short depending on what CD lamb does. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's fun weekend, but also a little bit disappointing in many ways. <laughs> do you mind, do you mind talking to me a little bit? Or he's talking me through a little bit how the advancement there works. So then in, this is the FFPC best ball tournament. Yep. Uh, you have to be top three mm-hmm. in your league of 12. I think there are 48 teams left. So four, four of these leagues left, you have to finish top three. And then the final week next week, the 12 teams left all battle for hundred K. And uh, one of our guys who was actually on the show last week, Connor O'Driscoll is uh currently he's in the same league we are in and uh currently kicking everyone's but he has uh he's in number one uh in our league anyway by a lot so he's gonna definitely make it onto the final so uh kudos to him Sean and Colin and I hope to hope we can pull it out and uh have Rotoviz represent two of the teams in the in the final week that would be cool yeah, that would be that would be nice. And you said you needed to avoid a, what a big game from C.D. Lamb and another one from who? Um, I guess if Kamara has a dud, we might be okay. But basically, we need we need C.D. Lamb to score like less than sixteen points. <laughs> um, kind of, kind of. Yeah, we'll have to check back in on that at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, to give people a heads up of where we're at. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, Thurston quarterback. This was a bit of a surprise here <laughs> for the Ravens. Uh, Josh Johnson, who completed 28 of 40 passes for 304 yards and two scores. Um, Blair, did you see any of this game by any chance or no? 
I didn't, unfortunately, because I'm not in the market where I would be able to get this game today. Uh-huh. Um, I was following it on my phone, though. And, I mean, obviously, if you're the Ravens, I think this is, like, better than you would have hoped for from Josh Johnson. I mean, uh, you obviously would have preferred the win, but for him, you know, they're on their third quarterback now to come in and put up this type of score. Um, I think you've got to be pleased, but... Uh, yeah, obviously disappointing for the Ravens that they are are missing Lamar Jackson and even missing Tyler Huntley this week. So um, it's going to be a tough, tough stretch for them. Yeah, any word on if Lamar is going to be ready and back uh, sometime by next week? I mean, I haven't seen anything, but he was close this week, it seemed like. Um, they were talking, I mean, you know, he didn't practice at all, but it sounded like he was close to practicing much of the week. So uh, I'm hopeful that we'll have him back next week. Yeah, it would be it would be pretty clutch to have him back, I guess, for the last two games. Um, the Ravens have kind of like, I mean, the offense kind of has become fairly one note. Uh, I wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts there because James Brichet sort of somehow saw a ton of work. I don't know if this is just by virtue of the fact that him and Josh Johnson were probably on the scout team. Josh Johnson was a newcomer to the Ravens like about two weeks ago, right? So um, I don't know because they were giving Rashad Bateman a bit of work and and he sort of trailed off. But, you know, Mandrews continues to go off. Um, Marcus Brown had another nine targets today, turned in five of 44. Brochet caught seven of his eight targets for 76 yards, which is impressive. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it sort of just didn't matter. Um, yeah. The Bengals just went like sicko mode on them, right? Like... Like like Burrow completed thirty seven of his forty six attempts for five hundred and twenty five mm-hmm. yards and four scores right like that was just what you what you needed and then you had you know T Higgins who just went sicko mode like he caught twelve of his thirteen scores for one hundred ninety four yards and in two scores Jamar Chase came up scoreless unfortunately but he he could have had a you know it's close to a big day Joe Mixon had a big day like they all had big days. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit unsurprising considering Baltimore really just doesn't have a defense. Like I think what you're down to like the third stringers on, 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 on across all phases. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're even starting the season, I think their defense wasn't as good as maybe they were hyped up to be, but I think what's, what's interesting is that you saw Cincinnati kind of pushing the pace in this one, even though they had the game pretty well in hand most of the time, like they were ahead mm-hmm. most of the game and they still, Still, you had Burrow throwing the ball 46 times. I think this is the the Cincinnati team we were hoping to get when we drafted T. Higgins and Jamar yeah. Chase. Uh, yeah, and Burrow. so it's a little it's a little disappointing because last week they all kind of had a dud, which really which really mm-hmm. um really kind of doomed you, I guess. And any like all, like I was just looking at all the guys on my basketball teams that um, on all my basketball tournament teams that were eliminated last week. And I mean, the, the the flop lag is real. Like of all my teams that made it to the to the you know the, the playoff stages and stuff, I had Justin Jackson on them. I had you know Higgins. I had Chase. I had Burrow, of course. Um, just just a ridiculous amount of guys who were going off today. I mean, this week, but I just couldn't you know overcome from last week. Uh, I only had one team advance to this phase, and that team is not going to make it. This is across the various, you know, the other best ball platforms. And I can tell, like, when you're looking at my ROI, because it, like, spiked today, like, just because across my portfolio concentration just went, like, ridiculous. Um, 
and we're coming toward i mean we're coming to the end like next week is the final week of like the regular best ball season and my roi is is uh i'm pretty thankful for it but you know it, it could have been bigger had had the weeks been, right. been flip-flopped um, right. i'm sure you are overweight a little bit i mean everyone every road of his person is overweight on higgins but um I'm curious with kind of what we've seen in terms of the target breakdown between him and Chase, where you would have them ranked going into next season for best. Uh, I'm probably going to have Chase earlier anyway. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's irrelevant, right? Like they're going to be going really close together. My, my, my assumption is they're going to be like the woods and cup from this year, right? Like, um what when one goes the other one's gonna go so it's gonna or like it's the same with like lamb and, and amari cooper right um and you can and you can't even say like oh just take the cheaper of the two like just take the guy like just <laughs> take just take one like you want one on your team um i'm more curious about like board and if board goes because that's gonna result in like their adps i mean basically cementing them as like wide receiver like 11 and 12 or like 10 and 12 or something something like that right um this is not gonna be sorry they were going no i'm just saying thinking this year they were going in you know basically fifth and sixth round fourth and fifth yeah Uh, oh yeah and that's just not going to happen. I mean, I mean, like a lot of people were like really worried of Higgins. A lot, like yeah. everyone was talking themselves in the board being this deal. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, with 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 these two guys, like these young ascending, I just think I just think you can see Chase being, you know, where CD Lamb was kind of going, and then you can see Higgins being Amari. But like Amari right. lost has had lost has lost had had I don't know has I, I'm not sure lost a lot of that shine. Yeah. Um, the issue and the concern there obviously is which one's going to go off, but you just don't, you just be a little bit more, don't draft them both in the same team is what I'm saying. Like you want to be, you want to just, yeah. yeah, if you're playing a lot of teams, you want to just sort of take one of the two and move on with your life. Maybe, maybe bring it Like If you want to stack them, if Boyd's going that much later, sure, you can take mm-hmm. Boyd. Maybe you can take Uzoma or Sample or whatever, right? And then. Yeah, that. I mean, I think. That's interesting, the comp with Lamb and Cooper. Um, you know, part of the reason, I mean, obviously I was bullish on Lamb because he was great as a rookie coming into his second year. You expect to see a pretty big jump for these guys. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think it helped that Amari kind of... He got hurt you know, and everything else. Right. He was He has been hurt. And uh, he's, uh, I mean, he's not old by any stretch, but I mean, you know... He's he's like a veteran now. Whereas Higgins the shine is off like, him, right? Um, you know, you could see it's easier to see a decline from Cooper last year than I think we would expect from Higgins going into year three. So, uh, in that sense, yeah. it's a little bit tougher of a decision for me. I mean, yeah. And make no mistake, Amari has been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. He's he's been a wide receiver in only two of his games, and then the rest of his games he just hasn't been a viable wide receiver three. Yeah, like he's been yeah. he's been like a wide receiver four or worse in most of them. Like he's got like his median outcome is ridiculously poor. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 actually kind of disgusting. Like if you if you're looking at it, it's more like mm. uh, yeah. Uh, he said one game. Okay, so week one he had almost forty. Yeah, he had 40. He had 26. Other than those two games, 
Yeah. He's only had one. He he's had, had two double-digit games. He's had, he's had two double-digit PPR games, and the rest are in like the low, like under six PPR point type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple, but basically nothing above 16 points. So, yeah, and then remember, Dak guess, was missing for a while. Right, that's true. I guess the question is, how likely do you think it is that Higgins has a similar kind of scoring profile next season? Where uh, he's only not, averaging, even with these upside games, he's only averaging like what, probably like twelve points. I mean, I mean that's that's a that's a tough question, right? Because I don't think mm-hmm. it'd be that. I don't think it's that. Um, yeah, you wouldn't expect the drop off to be that dramatic. So, so yeah. that's why I mean, I'm I'm having this hang up on Chase versus Higgins. Yeah, it's it's, it's why I said you yeah, probably have to take one of the two, right? Because they're just going to go back to back. When one goes, the other goes. Right, right. Like you're you're not going to be able to get both, and I don't <laughs> think you should. Like I think you should probably aim for like even keel. Um, I will say that you know would missing you take, Jack. Mm-hmm. Would you take either of them in? I mean, thinking where Lamb was going was like late second this year. Would you take? Would you be comfortable taking either of them at that point? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, you you have to, right? Like, yeah. Um, because who else would you would you want to be taking that, right? Um, so let me ask you this, right? And this is probably the better question: Do you think either of them leapfrog C.D. Lamb in ADP? Yeah, I could see that, especially if we get another game like this. I mean, they're they're. Uh... I know we targeted this game. I want to say it's the Chiefs, but I could be wrong. It is the Chiefs. It's the next week yeah, is, the, okay. is the Bengals and the Chiefs. Right. So if you it get was another... a sneaky stack. Right. Sneaky exactly. Stack. This is why we, this is one of the reasons we were, we were going after these Bengals so hard is for this week 17 game. But um, yeah, I mean, if you see them have another big game like this in the fantasy finals, then I would definitely not be surprised if, Probably, if, especially if Chase goes off, I could see him. Yeah, you know, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Or and if Higgins goes off, he's going to be the one going earlier first, yeah. and then yeah. and then the internet hype machine is going to be all like, "Oh, Jamar Chase is undervalued," and then it's just sort yeah, of right. like, we'll and then he'll leave Frog too. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a matter of um, uh, uh, they just didn't show up when we needed them to show up. They had a massive dud last week, right. and and to be clear, this team can and will have those duds zach taylor yeah. is not immune to being a donkey in fact mm-hmm. in fact he he he's um made a lot of suboptimal decisions uh he was very clear about wanting to establish a run and he does do that like to the detriment of the passing game yeah the the, the, the difference is you know despite for baltimore with all the in- issues and injuries that they've had you still can't run on that team yeah you just can't and um, the thing the thing that's been i mean you know even when the last time they played i think chase had like 200 yards against them but yeah. the whole season baltimore's problem has been their secondary so. yep yeah it's just a bunch of just a bunch of random guys they're finding out of mnt like you're just in front of mnt field at this point and they're just like suiting them up like i think so even the, even the that... backup to the backups are, are injured sorry yeah no well i'm just wondering how much of this was this explosion from Cincinnati you think might have been kind of um, it was a playing, matchup. Yeah. Playing the matchup. 
100% the matchup because they're, because like the Baltimore Ravens, the secondary was bad. A lot of people were worried about. Yeah. They were circling this as a reason to not really go heavy. Like they were saying that like last week's matchup against the Broncos was going to be a tough one, which they were correct on. And then this week's matchup against the Ravens was going to be a tough one. Well, the, people were like completely dead wrong on the Ravens. They were pretty right in the Broncos. So the issue with the Broncos is you, they, they beat themselves, right? Like there was no, vo- like just no pace, no volume, nothing. So you like, can definitely see, given kind of, you know, what you mentioned about how Zach Taylor's not immune from the suboptimal decision. You can definitely see the Bengals trying to go in against the Chiefs and, you know, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and, yeah. and run the ball a lot, especially early. And luckily, probably the Chiefs are good enough that they won't be able to keep doing that for long. But this game could, you can see ways that this game goes against our expectations. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because I'm just I just pulled up the ADP Explorer right now. Lamb was going by the end of it. He was going mid third according to this. Um, just on the cusp of that wide receiver too. And every time I pull up the 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 ADP, I always look at like I'm always shook by seeing like Alan Robinson wide receiver ten. <laughs> like, like that's the one that shook that always shakes me a little bit just because like where he was going. Yeah. Uh, everybody else you've got like a good argument for and then like out of nowhere it's like Allen Robinson and it's like whoa um, yeah, I will say uh, I, I know we typically don't talk about Thursday night games but um, AJ Brown man just <laughs> just few bucks uh, a few weeks too late had he been healthy maybe a different story this entire season but my right. god man um, yeah uh I mean, I think you probably had no doubt you were already had him in kind of that top tier of dynasty wide yeah. receivers, but yeah, does he does? Well, I mean, I don't even know the question I'm asking because I'm not going to get you to rank them. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, yeah, we've, we've 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 talked about this uh, quite a bit, but I do know the question what you're saying, and that's why I was saying is like. But if if you're drafting one of these wide receivers, you want Justin Jefferson, you want AJ Brown, you want Jamar Chase. Like these are the guys you want. CD Lamb a little bit, right? Like Lamb, you feels like a guy you could potentially wait on. Um, it feels uh, like we're coming up on a year when there's just a ton of awesome wide receiver options, and the yeah. running back options outside of Jonathan Taylor are kind of like me. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to running back with a lot of like. Well, the one like the one who I do think is gonna be intriguing is Gibson, right? Like, I mean, like, I mean, like guys like mm-hmm. guys like um, Swift and Dal- like Swift should be ascending. Um, we yeah. haven't seen him much, but he really should be ascending and should have been in that conversation. I mean, realistically, if you if you took him in the, in the third round, right? Like, yeah, like a, like a really viable start this year was. Adams in the first, Justin Jefferson in the second, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift in the third, and Mark Andrews in the fourth. And yeah. I know that there's some like writers who have done that, and I know there's like people who have done that. Yeah. That's an insane team. Yeah. Right. Like, and and so the fact that Swift isn't around has been has been a massive bummer. And um, I know it for a fact because I've got quite a lot of really good. A good teams that were completely sunk because of Swift. Bunch of dynasty teams that not gonna not gonna make it because I have Swift. Um, I might have to abandon one of my favorite dynasty teams, and it's got Swift 
and um, Dalvin on the roster. So RIP to that one. <laughs> Just such a bummer to lose that team. Ugh. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking of ascending guys that we were all over this year and look like they might still have a... Uh, uh, really valuable ADP next year. Kyle Pitts caught six of six targets. For yeah. Yards. Uh, he still didn't get a touchdown. And I think this, I mean, he hasn't had one since I want to say week four and his only one of the season. Mm-hmm. How much of a concern is that for you that he doesn't seem to be able to get into the end zone? It's more of the offense, man. Arthur Smith mm-hmm. just doesn't know how to really run it, or they just stopped targeting him for some reason in the red zone, which is really weird considering he's so much bigger than all the other little elves they're throwing to, right? <laughs> um, sorry, not elves. Elves are all dwarves. Um, oh, yeah. but You're talking, you're talking uh, Tolkien elves, not Christmas elves. Yeah, Tolkien elves, not the Christmas ones. Um. Yeah. Like. Like. They're giving CPAT the ball. They went to Hayden Hirsch instead of Pitts. You know. What I mean. Like. And he. Pitts only got like six targets. Just. A, just a bit of a bummer, right? And this is why I keep asking the question about Pitts and stuff. Yeah. Is because he is going to have a a very valuable ADP. He is going to go really early, and um. You're going to have to make a decision point on him, and I think you should be buying in, right? Just because we've. I mean. We, we we talk about it a lot here on Road of Viz, but like the the tight ends have been invaluable at the top end. I mean, uh, I'm sorry if you made the wrong decision point between Hawkinson versus um, Mark Andrews. Um, but to be fair, if you look back at the ADP, Pitts, Andrews, and Hawkinson, all three were going back to back to back, and yeah. that was realistically the end of where your elite tier stopped that was it yeah um and fits despite not really being a true you know uh you know weekly week winner 
there's there's value to having someone who is consistently providing you with you know 11 plus or 12 plus points there i think uh, it's right. just it's just a huge i i think that the that this is going to be one of those classic situations where um next next season provided he continues to get the same volume you know if ridley's back he might have more red zone opportunities cuz he's just seeing so much volume without any right red zone like any 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 tds and that's just like we know is going to eventually mean revert like even if he's yeah. just like terrible at finding the red zone <laughs> he's going to find it far more than he did this year right like like i wanted to get your thought on on that like and how you'd be going about ranking ranking him i mean i still have him ranked very high i think um you know like you said there are there's a lot of problems with this offense obviously and um we know touchdowns are not sticky um yeah if you're trying to predict kind of mean reversion in terms of touchdowns, receiving yards usually is the best predictor. And Pitts has shown that he's able to rack those up pretty well, even on only six targets, he had over a hundred yards today. So uh, yes, I'm obviously still very bullish on Kyle Pitts. And I mean, if we're talking redraft next year, he's probably uh, a D3 I mean, or something, right? Yeah, or four maybe. Yeah, it just—I mean, it's just really hard because at that point you or just five. really want to grab one, right? Like you just want to grab yeah. one. Just like I think Kelsey, Kittle, right. Mandrews, Pitts, probably Hawkinson would be running it back with him. Waller would probably be running it back with as well. Yeah, and and Waller might actually be like the de six, and that's like the end. That's right? interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking I might have Waller. Still ahead of Pitts, but uh, you obviously have to kind of kind of take into account what he's done uh, this year. I mean, obviously he was out today, but um, and he's been injured a lot this year. Yeah. So that has. To, I mean, it's a real shame for him too, because he was yeah. like, you know, I mean, like the, he like he was having like a pretty big moment in the sun. Everyone was like rallying around him. Raiders have been a tough team this year, anyway, but. Um, Maybe next year would be a little bit better. Uh, I will say though, like this is what I, you know, when, when, when you know, but this is what I mean about like being a little bit more fluid when it comes down to ADP and particularly the standard deviation of these guys. You don't really want to pick too far ahead. Like, make sure you have the market go for you, but just know that you know if you want these guys on your team, have like a plan of when you want to take them. So it's like. Uh, if you see them all sliding past ADP, that's fine. Just take the guy earlier, and then you can eventually rebalance it out. Um, at, but at some point, you want to eventually start making sure that you have good, like at least in my opinion, I'm going to try to have good concentrations of all these guys, like 18-ish percent of each of each of these guys, because I'm not going to try and play the game where where I know who's yeah. going to be the 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 the, the one, right? Like I'm just going to try and pick who I can, and then just hope to God that I did the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I want to get your opinion on these guys for dynasty as well. Is there anyone that you would have ranked ahead of Pitts in dynasty? Um, uh, for, 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 for tight ends, yeah. uh, probably Mark Andrews. Um, oh, really? yeah. Um, I mean, I mean really elite tight ends tend to stick yeah. around a while. Like, 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 like just look at Kelsey. Right. And, um, I guess, I guess the, the hard part there though, for me is, it becomes difficult projecting out a stronger like target share for Andrews, but like the thing is, is that like, especially now that he's competing with Bateman as well, mm-hmm. but but 
I mean, he, he's pretty up there because of Lamar. Um, Kelsey, it become, obviously, it's very difficult to have Kelsey up there. I think Kittle is another one who becomes a little bit tricky, especially with Trey Lance um, uh, up there. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not they're not too many guys. You know who the elite tight ends are. Hawkinson, yeah. obviously, we had ha- Hawkinson's going to be tough. Yeah, he didn't deliver, but a lot of that, I think, you can also point to the team situation. Yeah, but on the I mean, but on the flip side, look at look at Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Nine of eleven targets, ninety one yards, yeah. and a score, and he's just been like balling out the last few weeks, right? So it becomes very confusing, at least on that end. I wanted to get your thoughts on 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 ARS, uh, ARSB. ARSB, yeah. Yeah, I always was a little bit puzzled about kind of the lack of buzz he had coming in to the league and how not really that many people in the fantasy community were on him. They um, weren't on Galladay either. But a few a, a few yeah. a few people were on Galladay, but like not like uh, not to the extent that we were in like the Rotoviz community or the analytics right. community were. Yeah, I mean, Amon Ra was, I mean, he was kind of like a Debbie darling, right? But I think because his college career wasn't as good as people hoped, he kind of lost some of that, um, lost some of that uh, hype. But uh, yeah, obviously what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks is impressive. And uh, he's someone who, you know, everything depends on the cost, obviously, but he's someone who I think I want to try and get on a lot of teams next year. Amon Ra, yeah. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. difficult. It's just difficult figuring out what you need to give up though, right? Cause, because right. Um, I don't think the ARSB like, guys are going to be trading away much. Um, I, right. And that's the issue. I think I think Josh Reynolds is going to run it back. There's been a lot of talk coming out of Detroit that they're looking at a defensive end hmm. with their early picks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm actually more interested in like in like Swift and like hopefully the fact that he can stay healthy next year. Like, For sure. like he's the guy who I'm really really curious to see where his ADP will shake out. Uh, just because you've got a lot of really good veteran running backs. And I think this is where like people are going to get very confused. Is 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 what do we do? Like where do we go from here? Would would you be interested in Amon Ra in like a best ball draft if his ADP settles in like the seventh round or something? Yikes! Now you're getting up there, right? <laughs> yeah, that becomes that's like Debo Samuel range. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a very good question. Not one I have an answer for, unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of. I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, seventh is about where it seems like. Oh, this is getting a little rich. But uh, on the other then, hand, you mm-hmm. can see him having a kind of second year breakout season yeah. if if the Lions can improve at all. Um, yeah. And then that becomes pretty intriguing, even in the seventh. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to be in on him, actually, now that I think a little bit more about it. I would probably fade a lot more of the older veterans to get ARSB in there. Yeah. Um, I can see I can see Thielen winding up in the 7th or the 6th or the 7th. Like That's someone who I would easily just sort of cross off my list. Yep. Um, yep. For ARSB, I can see a Bobby Wood sliding down there. Um, yep. Trying to think of who else. 
might be there. Maybe uh, Robbie Anderson, potentially Odell. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys who who really should be going later will might end up there. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the issue, right? Um, right. I can see probably Marvin Jones clawing his way up there. Maybe Darnell Mooney gets Ooh. up there. Um, yeah, maybe Allen Robinson's there. <laughs> Alan Robinson probably will be there. Alan Robinson would be a guy who I'd be interested in at that price too, though, depending on where he winds up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little, I mean, it's, it's tough right now because it's, you know, there's just so many in, in a vacuum. Sure. But um, I can see Brandon Cooks leapfrogging everybody going a little bit earlier. Um, That Tyler Lockett might wind up there. Uh, Julio probably winds up there too. Oh my gosh. That would be so expensive for Julio. I know that's the issue, right? <laughs> uh, like I, yeah, all the names you're saying. Uh, well, most of them, I'm like, oh man. Cole Beasley might <laughs> might might wind up up there too. Get out of here! Jacob, Come on, Jacob, Cole Beasley Jacoby, will never get up there. Jacoby Myers will. Uh, Hunter Renfro might. Russell oh, Gage man. might. No, these guys never make it into the single digit rounds. Get out of here! <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens to ADP though. Yeah, and, for sure. I, I mean, I mean I know, you know, Renfro has put up like he's having a breakout season. Like this is what yeah. we're all about at Rotoviz, what he's what he's kind of doing. But it's uh, it's coming at the cost of Waller, though, right? And it came. Right. At the, I mean, like I mean, but look at all the things that needed to break for Renfro. And one of them was was drugs, literally mm-hmm. getting kicked out of the NFL mm-hmm. for being, I mean, for lack of a better word, like for being a true schmuck, but. Waller also had to miss a ton of time. And even today, Renfro wasn't all that, right? Like, yeah. like he was genuinely kind of, he's been, I mean, he was pretty disappointing, right? Like, and I'm going to go back to, to, let me just look up what he's done this year so far. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, he's had, he's, he's, had, he's had like a massive string of wide receiver one performances. Um right. And, you know, mostly 18-ish plus PPR points. But, like, a lot of them came following their week eight bye. Right. I mean, even before that, though, he was getting the targets. Like, you know, eight targets, nine targets, seven targets. So this is not obviously wide receiver one numbers, but um, there's some volume there. And then uh, it's just lately he's been getting more of the – double-digit games, really only two of them. Although today he only had three targets, and uh, Zay Jones had eight targets. Remember Zay Jones? That's a blast. Yeah, yeah, he's he's back, and he's out here <laughs> hogging the targets, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Do you think the Raiders draft a wide receiver? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a whole new coaching league. staff, dude. This is no right. longer – this is no longer Gruden's vision. Right. Uh, the, the whole the whole uh, the whole franchise is flipped on its head, if you will. Yeah, it's so. I mean, like to start the season, Derek Carr was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? Um, just for yep. a few, just for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a Raiders coach, you see that and say, okay, this guy just needs some more weapons, and then we'll be we'll be good to go. Or at least I hope that's what they think, because uh, would I would like to see, would like to see Carr get some more weapons. I think he might like not be on the team, depending. Oh really? 
I mean, I have to look into the contract stuff. And if I have time, I might try to put together an article. But there are going to be a few um, things to for us to look out for. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, I was curious about this next uh, player. Uh, he's a running back on the New York Jets, 16 times for 118 <laughs> yards, no scores. Uh, Michael Carter, what are we doing with him next year? I think I'm still in on Michael Carter. I think that took him a little while to get going, obviously. And he does play for the Jets, which is another thing. Um, But I I think you've got to be pretty excited about what he's been able to do um, in a few games. I agree. I mean, you you would like more targets, obviously, but 118 yards today, uh, obviously. That's uh, you know that those are the kind of performances we we want to be chasing uh, you know for these rookie running backs. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm in. I uh, I don't want his price to go above where it was this year though, like eighth round. It probably will though, because um, he's re- I mean he's been balling out. Uh, Zach Wilson showed off some wheels today too. Uh, he had 91 rushing yards and a score, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive considering the state of whatever the sad sack offenses is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, they beat out the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, I will be honest, are a slightly less sad sacky offense, but they're pretty sad sacky. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, James Robinson got hurt. He tore his Achilles. Um, unless he's like Cam Akers, man, like I don't see him being back in time for next year. Like, Do you think ETN is like a, like he's going to open in the second or the third? Man, that's so tough. Coming, He's coming off a serious injury, too. I think he'll probably still end up about where he was in, like, the fourth round this year. And, I mean, I think you expect, I mean, I don't know, maybe Jacksonville decides they just want to roll with Carlos Hyde or something but i think you'd expect urban meyer's gone they're not rolling carlos hyde (laughs) i don't know nfl coaches seem to love him doesn't matter whether it's urban meyer um Uh, yeah no i mean i'd expect them to sign someone and whoever that is is probably going to have a higher adp than he deserves um yeah i agree with that i'm definitely uh you know i would like to get some positive news on etn before trying to make a any statement about he's he's just gonna go there man you you yeah. I mean, you just can't you you just cannot get that 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 hype turkey out of the out, out of the oven now yeah no i think fourth round probably is about where he'll end up like he was last year and at that price i probably would not i'm sure there are going to be guys i want more than uh, i don't think he's going to be the fourth an acl tear yeah you i don't think he's gonna, i think he's going to be the third man yeah I, I think that's where he opens so what are you was doing it, with him in the third? If he if was it was it third, was it an ACL? I'm uh, pretty sure. No, it's a Liz Frank. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm confusing him with somebody. Yeah, that's, that's right. Good. Okay, um, maybe that's different. That's what is that what Julio Jones had? Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Still, so. Though, we, you know, we haven't seen him play any football. He's coming off a serious injury. 
Um, in the third round, that's that's paying a lot, and I'm sure there are going to be guys there who I also like. So what are you doing with him if he's in the third round? Are you happy drafting him? I'll probably be underweight, but I'll probably be having to take him there at some point. Like He just could be next year Swift, right? But I guess the right. ways... The ways that I'll probably take him would be like going tight end wide receiver and ETN or mm-hmm. wide receiver, wide receiver, ETN. Like I'm not going to have like running back, wide receiver, ETN, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like like e- like the way I draft ETN next year would be the same way I was drafting Swift this year. Right. Um, unless, <laughs> unless, unless, you know, there was something else I could figure out. Maybe I'll have some kind of teams that are with like Javante and him hopefully, but who knows. Um. I mean, there's just so many running backs who are actually viable this year that I think it's going to scramble a lot of people's brains and emotions. I mean, like 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 this guy, Sony Michelle, like he was like viable, right? Like 127 times for 131 yards and a score, and that's coming off the back of like Henderson's inability to stay healthy. What yeah. do you like? Uh, you know, you know, what are you doing with Cam Akers, who's an absolute genetic freak, and apparently Achilles tears like, like he, he, they're only slowing down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to make of that. I mean, obviously it's good news if he's really healthy enough to activate. I read somebody on Twitter saying that they just did it, um, so that he, I don't know, something to do with his contract. Some pension stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't read it closely enough to, to get my head around it, but, um, it's at least not clear that this is actually a sign that he's, um, you know, recovered and is about to start playing or something. Because uh, that would be amazing. But who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I traded Cam Akers to Sean in a dynasty league that we're both in uh, a few weeks ago, which is always, you know, usually I regret the trades I make with Sean. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. Not everyone can be per- like. You can't just like be, you can't be as good as Sean is at making these trades, and he's really like like and and don't get me wrong, he's very very good, but like, yeah, no, he uh, he gets something wrong, but usually when I trade with him, I end up looking back and saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, nah, that's oh, fair. He, he pulls one over. No, he doesn't. Do, he's not not trying to pull one over on me, but yeah, but you always gotta. Always gotta, gotta ask yourself, does he know something? And then Cam Akers got was activated, so yeah, maybe he did. Um, yeah, I don't know what to, what to do with Michelle and and even Henderson and Akers. I mean, this uh, it's kind of a mess. It seems like they don't want Michelle to be the guy when Henderson is healthy, but whenever Henderson's not, Michelle looks great. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think both of them are just going to be so far low in ADP. We can just take whoever we want again next year. Yeah, because we, like, like like I was saying, like last week when we were when we were on with 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 Connor, and it's just we really need these guys out there who continuously doubt bad takes. <laughs> like we need these guys with like you know 10k plus followers just going out there and saying, um, you know, don't draft Alexander Madison at cost because he's bad. That costs RB 46, right? So you're taking him after so let me just pull up my little hand. Oh, I closed my handy dandy ADP chart, but you know, you're just taking him after everybody. Like you just, yeah. like, you're, you know, your, your opportunity costs are like, um, do I take this like guys like RB 46 or do I take like, 
I don't know, some rando guy is like my tight end too. And so it's just yeah. like, well, yeah, this is that that's that's kind of what we're gonna need. Um I'm just staying on the quick theme of these running backs. Uh Damien Harris today put on an absolute show uh 18 times for 103 yards and three scores, right? And and actually uh Peter Overzet mentioned to us to put him into one of our, our, our playoff teams. Um we're doing okay. We're actually, if anyone is listening to the show mm-hmm. from 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 the Pentagon, we are currently 25th overall in KFFF, uh, KFFSC. We scored 187. Uh, unfortunately, last week really put us in in a coffin. We scored 77. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one more week, right? Yeah, we get we have one more week to make up a pretty steep deficit of oh of um let's see if I, yeah about about seventy points a seventy point deficit to, to ship this thing all right um I think we can do it I mean considering we lost, considering we were like completely wrecked by a hundred plus points last week it's it's completely doable does this team have Joe Burrow or was this the one where no, both of our teams have Joe Burrow. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah. I think that Ben because and I we were arguing. Him, we were arguing Joe right. Burrow v. Lance. Ben uh, and I is, wanted to take him earlier, but then he he hung around or something like that. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the good news here is, uh, anyway. So, so, so. Long story short, Peter Overset got us onto onto Damien, and and he did well for us. We might we might have to actually start considering sitting Cordero Patterson because he's done nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, Patterson obviously is kind of. Uh, we owe him. We owe him a lot. CPAT, we, we love you. We do. He was great at the beginning of the season, but obviously he's playing for like one of the worst offenses in the league. And they're even and, using him all wrong. Right. They have. He's also not like the youngest running back on the field. He's never had a workload like this. You know, you you do start to kind of question what uh, what you know whether he's up for up for the the workload of an NFL running back. But um, I mean, hard to hard to tell. There's so many confounders when you play for the Falcons. Yeah, step one, playing for the Falcons. Um, <laughs> I mean, like like Calvin Ridley. I uh, hope you hope you're doing well, Calvin. Um, I, I did want to get your get your thoughts on another guy who is you know turning into a sophomore, Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, five of seven targets for eighty yards and a score. This is a guy who feels like he's going to be undervalued to me next year. Yeah, yeah, he really, um, you know, probably part of it is the offense again, but he really hasn't uh, quite lived up to I think the the hype. Which even though he's been solid like he's been decent as a rookie and today he had a really good game but uh maybe not as good as as we were hoping so he he could he could go a little underdrafted next year in which case yeah. i'm really excited to to take him his rookie season has been kind of quiet relative to where it should be or what it should have been i mean part yeah. of that is just people like people who are a little bit i mean they're analytics uh, enthusiasts. They're not really mm-hmm. interested in. They're not really interested in like applying the art to this or the subjectivity to this. But they're not. Gonna, they're going to ignore the fact that like after Miles Sanders got hurt, like the team converted to this 
yeah. D wing formation. Like like they became like the run heaviest team in the NFL by like I don't know, like three hundred bit, like thirty percentage points, something, something absolutely ridiculous. Like, like they just went, like I think they've they've been like thirty percent, like run over expectation mm. instead of like passing. Like they've just been one, like like the run heaviest team and leaning on a very specific skill set of Jalen Hurts. And yeah. so I think that's actually going to be he's going to be over penalized for it. I think I, I think right. he might actually go in like the ninth. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh... Yeah, I mean, obviously in the ninth, I think any any rookie wide receiver who wasn't like completely terrible in his rookie season, I think you have to consider who's going in those middle rounds, eighth, ninth, tenth, something like that. Without so, a doubt. Yeah, so uh, I expect if that's the case, he'll end up on a lot of my teams. And I kind of think you're probably right because it's hard to imagine him really getting – that much earlier unless he like completely destroys week 17 yeah um uh, oh uh, uh another guy who i think probably has now got a really good case for being in the elite uh tight ends would be dallas goddard where do you think his adp opens and where Ooh. does it settle uh so we're talking redraft yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah just just best ball redraft I could see him getting as high as like the sixth round, maybe. But in FFBC, probably, you think that that's FFBC, right? It has to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. In the sixth round, I'm probably out. Um, I don't. I don't know if I don't think he could get much higher than that. No, I think I think I think he's like yeah, I think he's gonna go at the six at the latest, right? Like um, oh, at the latest, at the earliest. Sorry, at the earliest. Yeah, I I just don't see him. I guess maybe maybe he overtakes Waller initially, right? Like I think Waller could be tight end seven, Mm. and that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I'm trying to pull up what what uh, exactly Goddard has done this season. He's been pretty and, good since they shipped out Ertz for what it's worth. Right. That's the issue, right? Because you have like this really like a, like a tale of two seasons with him. Like we're going to need to do a lot more normal analysis and just straight, straight, like straight numerics. Cause like there's been a lot of mm-hmm. really dirty, like dirty, um, dirty splits during the season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely had a couple good games, uh, Recently, obviously week 13 and week 15, he had over 20 points, both of those games. And then today, only four targets, two catches for 28 yards. Um, so I think, you know, with with any tight end who's not Kelsey, basically, or maybe Mark Andrews, you're going to see kind of these sorts of highs and lows. So, um is it worth paying for that in the sixth or seventh round or even eighth round? I don't think so. So I'm probably going to be avoiding Goddard if he gets that expensive and uh, trying to get exposure to some later guys or just go elite, truly elite tight end. But um, I mean, you know, in the eighth round, maybe it makes sense. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he might have the same ADP as like um, Logan Thomas did this year. 
Yeah, so where Logan Thomas was going, at least in FFPC, was, you know, late fifth, early sixth, basically. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's obviously hard to tell since he got hurt pretty early in the season. Um, and then got hurt again when he came back. So, you know, we don't really know whether that was that was justified, but uh, my guess is it probably would have ended up looking a little too expensive regardless, yeah. even if he had stayed healthy. But, I mean, the other thing is, you know, with these tight ends, um, the injury risk is even greater than at a lot of other positions. So you kind of have to think about that when you're factoring in these costs because of yeah know, Goddard Goddard you know you might be really bullish on Goddard and say oh sixth round I think that's a fair price but does that take into account the likelihood that he's going to get hurt maybe not tight end injury rates are are uh, definitely higher than wide receiver injury rates yeah but at some point you just sort of do need to like pay the piper and actually pay for him because um, I guess it's the reason why the ADPs are so high for some of these guys mm-hmm. um, compared to some of the other ones. Uh, unless you're really, really talented at picking out late round tight ends. And I don't think most of us are. <laughs> it's a yeah. very difficult, it's a very difficult uh, argument to make there. Maybe, you yeah. know, Dawson Knox is someone I was kind of on towards like later and stuff like that. But like, you know, it's it still is a little difficult to to be, you know. Right. Right. And part of that is conviction just conviction go all in on him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Part of that, of course, is just the nature of kind of how tight ends score points, which is very touchdown dependent. Yep. Um, so it's kind of in in many ways the least predictable position, which I think makes elite tight end going after elite tight ends and even stronger strategy in most cases. Yeah. Hard agree. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this last guy before we shut it down for the season is uh, David Montgomery here. He had, you know, 21 times mm-hmm. with 45 yards and a score. He also had seven catches for 61 additional yards. What are you doing with him next year? Um, <laughs> what are we doing? And frankly, what are we doing with the Seahawks? This was an embarrassing loss for the, for the Hawks, man. This was this was pretty bad for the Seahawks. I was pretty, I was uh, hopeful for DK Metcalf coming into this game, so he did get a touchdown. But it's sad to see him kind of fall short. Um, yeah, David Montgomery. I mean, I'm going to be out next year because I'm just like I'm always out on him. Even though I thought today, you know, him getting all those catches was pretty nice. It's just you can't really count on them. Um, I want to say Khalil Herbert had a touchdown today. Isn't that right? He did. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know where Montgomery will end up in ADP, but wherever it is, it's probably going to be too expensive. So I'm not trying to acquire him. I'm probably not going to be drafting him on a ton of teams. I'll, I'll get him if he slips in a few spots, but uh, you know, kind of what we've been talking about with Montgomery what we were talking about last year was how he had an easy schedule. And of course at the end of the season or second half of the season, when that schedule hit, he smashes. And then this year his schedule's not so great and he falls flat. So 
you see that with a lot of running backs and <clears throat> it's kind of something you have to be especially sensitive to and avoid paying up for these guys who are not really like elite running back talents. Yeah. I mean, it's always difficult. It's always easy to say that. Um, it's, but I mean, as we can see, just by looking at ADP, it's difficult for a lot of people to know that, right. Or like continue to follow through with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, the one maybe bright spot of this game was that, uh, Rashad Penny had, I want to say 135 yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. And a touchdown. He only had the one target, but obviously he's starting to look more like the guy that we were that we were so high on as a as a rookie and uh he's been he's been helping some of my teams in the playoffs so in the fantasy playoffs so that's been that's been nice i would have liked to get a few more points from him today obviously but um, yeah there's only so much you, you can do yeah right uh assuming i mean he's basically been the seattle RB one over the last few weeks. So going into next season where, uh, how early do you think you'd be comfortable taking him? Uh, I would still like him at like the late, late rounds, man. Oh, really? Like you wouldn't want to take him as early as like the sixth round. Um, I, I, unless I'm like writing that off as like an L, mate. Like, there's no <laughs> way. <laughs> like, uh, it's just not gonna happen, man. I just not. Um, I just, I just can't do it. Like, like I, I want to be enthusiastic about him, but uh, the Seattle could be a team in flux, which really kind of does bring into the question of what are we doing with Lockett and Metcalf, right? Because like Metcalf is a guy whose ADP could crater next year, yeah. right? And Lockett's good too, right? I'm kind interested. Mm-hmm. Both to, yeah, both to fall off pretty far. But I think that Metcalf becomes a pretty interesting pick, even as early as maybe the early fourth. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, he does, yeah. right? Yeah. Regardless, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we have to take him there because I think that the market will let him fall further. That's probably true. I mean, you saw that kind of with um, like Chase Claypool this year, someone who we think is good, but whose quarterback situation is a little bit iffy, who had some down games, right? Doesn't necessarily have the numbers to back up the, the kind of explosiveness that we saw. Um, so yeah, I think with Metcalf, you might see him end up in a similar sort of range, and um, yeah, hard to know if that's really a good pick because Claypool has been kind of kind of a disappointment this season. But obviously, Metcalf has um, has explosive outcomes. Yeah, I mean, but to keep in mind, like Claypool suffered what could have been a season-ending like toe injury not too long ago, and he's still playing through it. Yeah, right. right. Like, I, I like I. I have no idea when the Steelers decided to start like um, trying to establish Ray Ray McLeod. <laughs> That's just that. That just came out of nowhere, dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, that one. I'll be honest with you. That that's been a that's been a very very shocking revelation here. 
I mean, he had eight targets today. Eight. Right. Right. That's that's more than Chase. That's more than Najee Harris. That's right. that's ridiculous to go for four for twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the Steelers are doing. It doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, when yeah, eight targets for McLeod and only six for Claypool. I mean, obviously, this is a team that has some some problems with, you know, some quarterback problems, which is going to make a difference. My sense is that because McLeod is almost, in fact, I think some places he might be listed as a running back, he's not getting targets very deep downfield. So these are almost like dump-offs. Um, you know, Harris obviously has been getting a lot of targets this season, same sort of targets. You know, if Roethlisberger doesn't have the the accuracy downfield anymore, then that could explain a lot of why these guys are getting targets instead of Claypool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't... Well, I mean, obviously it sounds like Pittsburgh's going to have a different quarterback next year, but not necessarily going to have an upgrade at the position, I think. Yeah, right? it'd be, I mean, it's going to be a lateral move at best, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, and you kind of see that with Seattle as well, since we're, we're talking about both these teams, is that, uh, you know... Even yeah. if you can get a good price on Metcalf, maybe you don't want to because even like today, you you don't want to get 41 yards and a touchdown every week. This is a good question here from Historical Anomalies. Uh, he asks, with as many terrible QBs that started today, wonder how they could replace Russ or A-Rod or, with, or any of these teams that they think they might be better off uh, with with uh, new QBs. Um, this is This is a very good question. Uh, and I'll be I'll be genuinely honest with you. I don't know if Russ is going to force his way out of Seattle. Like uh, this is just more so conjecture. Um, I do think that they need to change the coaching staff because it's clear that the that this relationship has been long over. The fact that they've what, only made the playoffs twice with Russ under center. Can that be right? I think that sounds about right. I don't know. Uh, seems like it should be more than that because they. I don't know. He's probably been around longer than I remember. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we'd all agree that we're kind of getting getting sick of the games that the Seattle Cal coaches does. are playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder if like the Packers do figure out a way to get Rodgers to come back. Yeah. Because there's no way that they're going to just let him walk off in the sunset. There's too many teams that actually need quarterbacks. Uh, a bunch of teams just don't have the cap. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. like saying the cap is fake. The cap is fake. It's, I mean, it's, it's fake until it's not right. Because you start <laughs> offering out like these like bizarro contracts and you just sort of get like stuck with this, like a ton of dead cap and you're just burning cap space like the saints. Right. Like, and, and teams have to just be willing to take an L. Like I have no idea. Like, I've seen a lot of this like chatter about like Kirk Cousins, for example, being gone, but like I don't know what Minnesota is going to do in that in his absence. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the right historical anomalies point that uh, like yeah, it's not like there are a ton of great quarterbacks just out there waiting for 
you know, waiting to go to new teams. And I mean, the rookie class so far this year has been like totally mid. Disgusting. It's been, it's been mids, way. man. They've yeah. been, they've been, I mean, they've been fine. Well, some of them. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I got to say something like, say something that like Shanahan <laughs> completely refuses to put Trey Lance in there. Uh, it, just, it, just, it just makes genuinely no sense why he went up, traded away three firsts, knew he had to redesign his system to shit this guy, and then just sort of refuses to give him a chance, man. Like, I have no idea yeah. what, like, what they were doing or what they were thinking, but like. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I, I mean, you know, you can definitely see how your thoughts in, in uh, at the end of April are different than your thoughts in September when you have to put a team on the field and you have grand plans for this rookie quarterback that you're going to start. And then you, you know, comes time to, to actually pick your starter and you're like, well, this, you know, Jimmy G's better. So I'm going to play him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but it's definitely a bad look. Yeah, I mean TBD, right? Because you're gonna you're gonna we, we'll see what happens in the off season. Will 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 what's his name start crying about? Uh, Shani start crying about Mac Jones? <laughs> maybe he yeah. will. Maybe he won't. We don't. We we get to see Blair. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts there on well. Uh, since we've been discussing rookie wide receivers, what are your thoughts here on, on Jalen Waddle? Where do you think he goes next year? Oh man, that's a good that's, question. That's uh he, we're not going to have a chance to talk again after he plays. So I want to get your that's thoughts right. now. He's playing on Monday night so we can, we can kind of project. I mean, he's, uh, he's another guy who I think to a certain extent has been kind of flying under the radar and maybe it's because of the team he plays for, but he's actually, you know, been really good this season, especially recently. Um, so, oh man, uh, if we're talking redraft, I could actually see him probably getting getting kind of up into the uh, hmm, maybe fourth round. Maybe I can I'm okay see it. With that. Yeah, I can see it. Um, oh, and, and, and I guy we didn't maybe even get higher. Yeah. And the guy we didn't have a chance to talk about earlier today because we glossed over the game was uh, was Kadarius Stoney. Oh boy! Uh, what yeah. are we doing with him next? I mean, he's he's very 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 ADP sensitive for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he's just so he's a, still a very hard player to evaluate because he's obviously getting the volume. Although, I mean. You know, you got Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm throwing the ball, which, as bad as it sounds, are probably worse than Daniel Jones throwing the ball. Um, what did he have? Four catches for 28 yards? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you want to bet on guys going into their second year who were efficient as rookies. And Tony hasn't maybe shown... Uh, that he's actually like uh, one of the top wide receivers in terms of um, in terms of like talent level. So uh, from that perspective, you know, I want to find reasons to fade him. But like you said, obviously it's going to be it's going to depend on the price. And if he's 
cheap enough, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to want to have some. Where would you be comfortable drafting him? Like in a best ball league next year? 12th round. 12th round. round. Yeah. I might go as high as like ninth. I have no interest, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I have none. I have absolutely no interest there because they're they're they're, uh, they're going to be bringing the band back together. I don't want Daniel Jones. Like <laughs> I was, I was really heavy on Daniel Jones this year. It didn't work out. I'll probably run it back with him. Not going to be running it back with Galladay. Shepard's probably going to be there. Satan's going to be there. Like where are all the like you're going to have to re- require him to get a ton of injuries again for him to be yet again a viable play. Right, like yeah. we only saw him do it twice. Um, I know, I know, I know. Pat Crane mentioned, well, guys who doubted Kadarius Tony should start taking the W. No, they shouldn't. Uh, they should be taking the L because that's what happened. It was an L. He didn't play for most of the, the season because of training camp. He had two good games and he faded away completely. Um, yeah. That that that's an L. I'm not willing to call it anything but right yeah. because we knew going into it he was going to be hurt. Um, I'm still not sure that at you know in the 12th, like that's kind of where I still want to be finishing up where I'm taking my quarterbacks. I mean, part of what killed a lot of my best ball teams this year are my disastrous, disastrous uh, quarterbacks. Um, today, like my one ticket, like the only ticket that I had left, uh, my my quarterbacks were, and this is going to sound really sad saying it out loud. So my quarterbacks were Matt Stafford. <laughs> The corpse of Sam Darnold, um, and then Justin Fields, RIP. <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 what do you do there, right? Um, Stafford got me like nine point six eight. The guys who's going to be advancing got like thirty four points out of like like out of um, uh, Josh Allen, and yeah. I can tell you right now. If I had those, two, like, like just the difference between Stafford and Allen is a little bit smaller than the difference between me and 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 advancing to the 113 man playoff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, thank you for doing nothing, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley, <laughs> but but you know that's a different story for a different day, right? Uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit of a bummer. Like, I mean, like I was like there sitting in like. June or July going, man, I got Jonathan Taylor and Saquon. This is going to be so sick. And yeah, yeah, it's definitely sick, but it's got me sick in the wrong kind of ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Actually, you bring up a question I I wanted to ask. The show's kind of going on long enough, but, um, you know, I think Taylor's pretty much the consensus 101 next year. But we (laughs) saw on Saturday that it's not that hard because of his kind of workload for him to put up a dud like this. Like he's not getting yeah. McCaffrey level targets. No, so he's not. Is he, is he worth being the one one Yeah, but this is, but this is where I was going to say, like is where you need to be a lot more flexible with where you're taking some of these running backs, right? Like you're like mm-hmm. the ADP, like there's a reason why CMC was like one one there. Um, and you know, there's a good. He's probably going to be one or two, one or three, but he really should be like the one on one again. But mm. <coughs> I apologize, but it's difficult, right? Because historical anomalies ask us a good question again here with about where Saquon goes next year. Um, and I was sure that he should have been going a lot higher this year. And he, it looked like he was 
gonna be the guy, man. He looked like that league winner, that second, that second round league winner. Uh, where before he like stepped on, got 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 that injury, and it's like ankle swelled all the way up. And since coming back, he hasn't looked anywhere near that. But then you know, to that end, he hasn't looked any, like, didn't look anywhere near that before the ACL injury. And a yeah. lot of this has to do with like the offense just being bad. So it's just. I think I think uh, historical anomalies. I think Saquon still goes in the second round, late second. Like late I think second. I think I think I think he opens in the mid second and just drifts downwards. Hmm. Yeah. Because people, people will see that. I mean, like Saquon's got the kind of profile that that suggests that you want this guy because he's used in all phases. He's right. been seeing a ton of targets until today, where you got like Fromm and Glennon and stuff, right? But like. <laughs> Um, he he's he he's been like catching four targets each week. He just isn't getting much, yeah. much there. But uh, you know, you still want that those those kind of guys, and it's like a shame because you know, again, the Colts don't really give Jonathan Taylor a lot of those targets, right? Uh, I mean, to that end, I mean, on the flip side, Taylor probably should be the one on one. There was a really good argument for why Derrick Henry should have been the one on one had he not gotten hurt. Because these guys just sort of like they just defy and break models, but like so the so their floors can be low like this. Um, yeah. Sean had a great line in the AFC zero running back article this week. That was something like backs with great vision and four three speed don't have low value touches. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's kind of right. The line right? about Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean Godspeed, right? Like, like, uh, like, like, like that's where, like, like that's where I am interested in. And it, it, it does tilt me that I got. I mean, like the, like the guy who's going to be advancing has like Rashad Penny and Nick Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor on his roster at all, right? Like, had had Jonathan Taylor gone off, this guy would have been dust. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So I don't think he's drawing particularly live when we get into the next week because there are going to be teams that have Cop and JT who advanced. In spite of you know a, a bad a, a bad week, and I think that like, right. like like if JT has like a Camaro level explosion in 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 like week week seventeen, like guys like this are just going to be completely dust. Right. And so so I hope uh, so I hope you enjoy this ferric victory. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, if you're a listener of the show, uh, if the guy who's kicking my butt, if you're listening, if you're a listener of the show, but yeah, it, it is it is impressive um, from. At least to me, that just the, the the shape that these various teams are making, and if and if you do want to learn, you know that there are many many ways to skin a cat. Just go through your best ball contests and just take a look at like the teams that are winning, um, yeah. especially in the, especially in the tournament weeks, because you know there are low ownership guys who just are going off, like Rashad, I mean Rashad Penny, right? Nick Chubb in in his in his in his, in his uh, negative. Um, matchup and stuff. And if you came across a, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just trying to look here. I've seen the guy who's in second place. His, 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 uh, he was the only one who had Damian Harris this week. Hmm. And, you know, Joe Mixon as well. And he also had Byron Pringle, who had two touchdowns today. Yeah. Um, he's also not going to fill all of his spots. Uh, hmm. currently, currently, Terry McLaurin has a goose egg. And yeah. it doesn't look it doesn't look particularly good for McLaurin. Uh, the you other guy who's uh, sorry, no, go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say currently Michael Thomas is in his is in his, his, his starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, say, McLaurin should get there, but yeah, well, who knows? McLaurin might. I was just gonna say, you know, who's currently leading Washington in receiving yards? Uh, yeah, buddy, Diaby Brown. Here you go. <laughs> I was, I was at the top. We were discussing that that best ball tournament team. And there is actually another way, even if lamb goes off, if Diami Brown also goes off, then we might still advance. Cause he's sitting on our bench doing nothing. Uh, I think I, so just to, just to recap for those of you guys who, who are, who are a little late here, um, Blair, Sean and Colm are, are trying to fade a 16 point game out of CD lamb. There's a very real possibility that the, the Cowboys might, choose to sit their starters they're leading 42 to 7 right like they've got 42 i think lamb is probably up to about 10.6 right now yeah so So if this is going to be a pretty gross it's going to be a gross sweat for you guys i apologize (laughs) but you got you you gotta let us know how you did did tomorrow um you know if if lamb scores 16 unless camara scores like zero then then we would be also alive, but I think the chances of that are pretty slim. Uh, I think he's drawing pretty live for Camaro to probably score to zero. <laughs> you think? Man, uh, yeah, Ian Book, uh, I was, you know, we were looking at him. He looks to be more of a running kind of a quarterback. Um, marking him, probably going to see some touches. Right. I'm not going to say it's like completely probable, but who knows, man? Like they have a very just a very ugly path to to moving the ball there yeah they they, they massacred the buccaneers though so don't listen to me i don't know the ways we advance are either lamb scores less than about 16 or camara scores less than like four so or or less than four yes good luck (laughs) (laughs) or if Diami Brown scores 30. Well, come on, Diami. Let's yeah. do it. Um, I do I do have an opportunity at potentially advancing if like maybe we can get two more deep shots to Amari Cooper that are both touchdowns. Then. There you go. Well, if that happens, then I think they definitely sit their starters. So I'm really yeah. glad. Yeah. But Blair, um, it's been a pleasure uh, to 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 be at the helm of the season with you. What what mm-hmm. do you have going on at the Hopper? And are you excited for our for our show with the Ship Chasers uh, in a few weeks? I am. Yeah, we're going to be talking some playoff playoff uh, tournament teams. We're definitely going to put a few of those in, and uh, yeah, that should be fun. We're getting ready for off season stuff. We've got uh, the uh, the Road of His Rookie Guide is actually already on sale you can go right now to rotavis and buy that um gonna have a ton of cool articles and metrics in there from curtis and sean and travis and me so uh that'll be that's something you definitely want to get your hands on starting on that soon and off-season coverage of incoming rookies and best ball strategy so uh yeah definitely want to Want to get a Rotoviz sub if you don't already have one? The time to be the time to start making money for 2022 really is now. So you got to get in on it. 
Yeah, and we'd like to thank everyone who hung out with us live all season long and for everyone who's been listening to our shows. Absolutely. Yeah, just please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel and app podcasts. Yep, and, uh, you know, subscribe and like our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's all you have to do on YouTube. I don't even know. Uh, well, yeah, for Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.